The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss strategies for improving your margins. Joining us is Mike Bernard, who is the CMO of Vendavo, which offers software solutions that blend AI with data science and human expertise to help their enterprise clients find the right price at the right time for the right customer. And today, Mike and I are going to discuss the starting point for improving your margins. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Mike Bernard, the CMO of Vendavo. Mike, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Great to be here, Ben. Excited to have you on the show. Excited to talk about getting more juice out of the orange, making your business more efficient, better margins. Boy, that sounds good to me. I'm sure it sounds good to everybody else. What's the secret sauce? Where do you start when you're trying to get better margins? This is a big topic, so I'm glad we're talking about it and something that's near and dear to my heart and obviously the heart of Vendavo. And when we talk about this with our customers, it kind of breaks down into what I call two categories. It's how do you deal with margin leakage? And then how do you provide additional margin leverage within your business? And so kind of framing it in those two conversations is a good place to start. So let's start with the margin leakage side. So obviously the first thing you do is you need to take a look at KPIs and what are you trying to get to all the things that you normally would do as a seasoned business professional. But when you think about margin leakage, there's a lot of factors that go into that, especially for the types of organizations that we work with, which are large global manufacturing and distributors. I'm looking at your website, Ford. Seems like a big one. Big one. Yeah, they're one of the big ones, right? Yeah. So if you think about an organization like Ford or a manufacturer of that kind, or even a very large distributor like a Granger or ABC Supply, that type of thing, there's a lot of inputs that go into determining how you're going to have a successful margin outcome. They have distribution that's all over the world. And there's a lot of factors that go into them. There's going to be obviously your cost manufacturer things, different per location, the types of things you're manufacturing could have different manufacturing costs. You're going to have other things that are maybe not as top of mind when you think about margin, things like warehousing, shipping, storing, a war breaks out in Europe. 
that is going to impact things. Marketing, maybe? Marketing go into that? Yeah, sure. If you have a, a product that can demand a premium price on that, that certainly can have an impact on your margin. And within that, especially in the B2B space where we work mostly with, you even have things like negotiated pricing. So let's say you're a really large organization that does repair work on trucks and vehicles, that kind of thing, and you need to buy a whole bunch of parts. You may negotiate special pricing based on your volume or a different type of relationship that you have with them. So you've got all these different things. In addition to that, you have salespeople and salespeople are going to do what salespeople do. They're going to try to close business. Sometimes that means they offer discounts to people or they will spin up a rebate or incentive program. So then you might say, oh, hey, I'm Ben. I really should get a 20% discount on this stuff that I want. And me, I go, well, love you, Ben, but how about I give you a 10% discount just based on our relationship? And then you earn an additional 10% that we will rebate back to you once you've hit certain volume thresholds or product lines that you're buying from us, that kind of thing. I always appreciate the 10% nice guy discount, but go on. Yeah, well, yeah, for you, probably 12 to 15% nice guy. <laughs> You're too kind. Within that, then, there's all these factors that go into that. So what you need to be able to do is either through some manual work, spreadsheets, that kind of stuff. If you have a really complex use case, you would work with an organization like us. And you look at all of these factors, right? So you've got your list price. You then have maybe some premium that you can charge on top of that list price based on market conditions, marketing, premium product, whatever it is. And then you have some things that are going to take away from that margin. That could be discounts. It could be some of that negotiated pricing stuff. It could be just exchange rate stuff. If you're converting one currency to another, you may lose some margin in that. And you look at all of these different places that move your price waterfall, the things that make up the end price that you get at the end, take a look at each one of those things and dive into them and see which ones of them are helping you maintain your margin levels that you want, or which ones are sort of taking away or creating negative margin. And so sometimes what you'll find is there is a specific product line or a region, even sometimes a salesperson who will be actually eroding your margins and creating negative margin for the organization. So it all comes down to how do you pinpoint the things that are impacting that margin, maximizing where you're able when you've got the ability to charge above list for whatever reason, and then deducting out of that the areas where you're decreasing your margin because you're moving your price down or the exchange rate takes a hit, whatever that is. And then at the end of the day, you can determine, all right, I know that this particular product line in this particular region being sold by this particular seller is a problem. How do I go address that then? Is it training? Is it a supply chain thing? Like what's causing the issue that's taking away your margin? So what I'm hearing you say is a big part of understanding the starting points of improving your margin is having your finger on the pulse of your P&L. It's understanding what your revenue is, understanding gross margins. Those things should be relatively static, but then there's everything that drips down into your actual net income, which often are variable costs. Marketing is not always going to be a fixed cost, and so you need to be able to evaluate your P&L on a regular basis to try to figure out where the pain points are. Are there specific thresholds or balances you think where it's like certain percent of costs should be fixed and a certain percent of marketing? There's got to be a band of what you should be spending. Like, talk to me about how you evaluate. All right, I've got this sales rep. They all should be within 5% of each other in terms of pricing or whatever sort of metric you're using to evaluate them. 
I think it comes down to the industry that you're in and it varies by industry. So an example, if you're a wholesale distributor, if you're getting between three and 6% margins on the goods that you're selling, that's a pretty good margin. It's razor thin for these folks that are in distribution because they have so many of those fixed costs, right? They're buying product from a manufacturer. They're breaking bulk. So they buy a big quantity, break it down into smaller quantities, and then resell it to the end customer. So for them, that kind of three to 6% margin range is pretty darn good for them. Manufacturing, it's going to be a little bit higher because you're doing the value add of taking raw materials and you're turning them into either a finished good or a good that's going to go into another finished good on the discrete manufacturing side. Process manufacturing, think about stuff that goes into other stuff or stuff that's highly commoditized. So chemicals or possibly components, things that go into other stuff. There's not as much margin you can get out of that. But like you go all the other end of the spectrum, like where I work at a software company, your margins on your software are going to be quite a bit higher because your fixed costs are your people and your hosting and your general GNA type stuff, but your margins are quite a bit higher. So it really depends on the industry. So you got to know your industry really well. You got to know your P&L, as you mentioned, and all the variables that go into that. And then to the second part of your question about what are the ranges, that's where you need to be really good about setting a target price and then a ceiling and a floor within that. And then you want your sellers to have flexibility within that range to say, hey, if you're within this range, you're good. You're not going below the floor, you're good. And hey, if you're hitting the ceiling, even better. So making sure then that all of your sellers are staying within those predetermined ranges to make sure that you're not creating too much margin out the door by giving discounts that are unreasonable. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. I try to not make it a habit to ask questions that are impossible to answer, but I'm going to give you one. Okay, good. I understand for Ford and for major manufacturing companies, often the costs are relatively fixed. Even your labor, your unionized labor costs are negotiated far in advance. 
for smaller businesses that probably are not a Vendavo customer, but most likely are the people that are listening to this podcast where they're working in earlier stage, less mature businesses where they don't have that sense of cost certainty. How do businesses, take myself as an example, like mine, where I'm like, I have a general idea of what my costs are, but my margins are always all over the place. Like, I don't know what my margins are basically until the end of the year when I stop and do the analysis. How do you figure out how to understand your margins and the directions you're going when you don't have fundamental cost certainty? Well, this is where your data collection comes into play. And for many small businesses, that's challenging at times because you're running the business, right? You're doing all the things you need to do to keep the business moving forward. And so sometimes it's easy to lose track of some of those things. So I would say, you know, if you're a really small business, you're probably using something like QuickBooks or something like that to do your basic accounting. And when you get to the end of the year, like you said, maybe it's tax time, maybe it's when you're closing out the books on the year. If you do a really good job of keeping track of what those costs are, you'll at least have an idea of I'm spending this much on, for you, it might be hosting or for equipment or for production. Mostly labor, mostly production. Yeah, exactly. So you'll have a pretty good idea there after the end of the year. And then the second year, you can have some things to compare to. It may not always be apples to apples. You know, maybe there's, you launched three new podcasts this last year. And so then the production goes up quite a bit, but you get a general sense. So it starts with collecting the data now because you're going to need it in the future. If you're a little bit bigger business, you may have an ERP, like a NetSuite or something like that. That's a little bit more detailed around the actual cost because you're getting invoices in and then you're reconciling those and you're fulfilling those, paying those, that kind of thing. And so there's a little bit more rather than receipts in a shoebox kind of thing on the very small business. The more sophisticated you get, the more technology you have that helps keep track of this stuff. And then you can do a better job of slicing and dicing where those costs actually are. And the bigger the business you get, the more sophistication you're going to get, but also you're going to have probably better tooling to help do that or staff that help do that who have experience doing that and you're not trying to do it on your own. I guess the last question I have for you is we're thinking about margins and more margins, higher margins are always better, right? That seems like it goes without saying. But often, mostly when you're down market, and I'm assuming this happens at the enterprise level, the Fords of the world, where you're balancing what your margins are with what your future growth is. When you're thinking about optimizing your margins, look, I want to make as much cash as I possibly can. But sometimes I'm reducing my margins with the prospect of research and development, building new products and services, or just paying it forward to do new business down the road. How much should businesses at all sizes be focused on margin optimization as opposed to future growth? I'll speak from software, first of all, because that's the world I live in. So in a lot of software companies, you have what's called a rule of 40. And so that is you take your growth, so maybe it's 20%, let's say, and then your profitability after you figure out what your EBITDA is. In this case, let's say it's 20%. So you take your 20% and your 20%, you add them together, they should equal 40. High-performing businesses are at that rule of 40. Exceptional businesses are higher than that. So other variations of that, like let's say you're really, really growing really fast, you don't need to be quite as profitable. And this is especially true in this day and age when capital is not cheap anymore the way it was maybe a few years ago. So figuring out what that ratio is for your business is super important. You may say, I am willing to accept less profitability this year or for the next two years. Maybe it's at 1% or 2%, just enough to make sure you have enough to pay the bills because it's an investment in the future. And we think that it's going to grow the revenue faster 
because I'm making an investment in R&D, M&A, you want to acquire your way, or maybe you just want to grow market share by undercutting the competition and sucking up all the business so that you can add a whole bunch of new logos. There's a whole bunch of different reasons why you would do that, but you need to figure out what's right for your business. And if it's a sole proprietor, you kind of make that decision based on yourself or you talk to a friend or someone who knows something. If you're a much larger business, you probably have a board. You're going to have a discussion with your board around what is acceptable to the leadership of the organization. And they may say, you know what, for the next couple of years, we're going to double down on growth. And so we're not going to be quite as concerned with profitability, which has been true over the last 15, 20 years, especially in software when capital has been cheap. The pendulum swinging now, the capital is expensive. And more organizations are like, we want you to hoard cash a little bit and make sure there's enough money, enough cash to pay for the ring type of thing. So it really depends on the leadership of the organization and what they're comfortable with and what their ultimate goals are for the outcome of the business. So give me the rule of 40 one more time before I let you go. That seems like the standard benchmark for understanding how much cash you should have on hand, what your profitability should be. When you say the rule of 40, what do you mean? The rule of 40 is the combination of your growth plus your profitability. And usually profitability, at least in software, is determined by a formula called EBITDA, which is your earning before incomes, taxes, deductions, and accruals. So once you take out all those things, how profitable are you? 10%, 5%. So whatever that is, you add it together. And best performing businesses are usually around the number 40. There's also business that are rule of 20. They're growing 18% and they're 2% profitable. But as a business matures, a long-term success of a business is really going to be determined. The closer you can get to that 40 number, that you're going to be a better situation. It's a funny metric because you think about the rule of 40, where you're taking your growth rates and your profitability, you add them up. And, and great, that might mean you're growing 35% a year, year over year with a 5% profitability rate. You're at the rule of 40. You're great. It could be a WeWork where you are growing at 300% year over year and you're 0.01%. It's not even profitable. They're negative profitability. So different ways to skin a cat. But at the end of the day, when you're thinking about improving your margins, it's not only margins that you need to be thinking about. It's how much market share. It's what your growth rate is that matters as well. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Mike Bernard, the CMO of Vendavo, for joining us. Join us again tomorrow when Mike and I continue our conversation talking about whether your product is priced correctly or not. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Mike, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website, which is vendavo.com, V-E-N-D-A-V-O.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even apply to be our next guest speaker on the MarTech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MarTechPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle on LinkedIn is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.